0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The gospel lesson that we have received for our day today does cause us great rejoicing because we see that Jesus has come to earth knowing what it is that he will do. He is a God who will show us compassion. Do you believe it? That's the question. It's a question that constantly Christians are wrestling with. Do we believe what the word of God has said? Too often, we can be tempted to be as the people are. Following Jesus only because of a sign. They were chasing Jesus around because they had seen the signs, which is the word Miracle. They saw the miracles that Jesus was doing on the sick. And they were astonished. They were amazed by this. It was a, a thing of gladness for them to see how this person could just heal the sick. It was riveting. And so they were following Jesus wherever he went, wanting to see more of these signs. And they were, they were just amazed. But Jesus teaches something Much different than the signs. Jesus' teachings were about the kingdom of God. The signs, we know, are meant to point us to Christ. These signs are meant to bring about the strengthening of our faith. That we may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. The one promised in the Old Testament by the prophets who has come into the world to save the world. John's Gospel tells us that, and it is always good to remind ourselves of this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We look at these signs as... The pointer towards Jesus, who is God in the flesh. We learn from the gospel, according to St. Luke, that Jesus was, in fact, teaching at this time about the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God was not found in the bread. It wasn't found in the multitude of loaves or in the fish. The people could not have the kingdom of God in the bread and in the fish. But the kingdom of God was in the word that was preached. And they were to believe that word. The sign which accompanied it was a sign that they should be looking at what Jesus is doing and what the apostles are doing and what the prophets had done and said everything that has come from them is the word of truth. God has confirmed it by a miracle. You may have seen that in the Old Testament. Reading for today from Exodus 16. The word came to Moses. The Lord said, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. The sign was a confirmation for the faith. That we should believe and see Moses and Aaron as those whom the Lord had given for the people. Moses, the prophet of God. Aaron, the high priest. You know, it comes also in the Old Testament that you see similar situations. Consider the prophet that we've heard a lot about, Elijah, right? He was, after uh, the meeting with Ahab, the wicked king, and he foretold the drought, he was fleeing for his life. And he was fed by God, by the ravens, and drank uh, the water from the brook. But when that dried up, he went about, and the Lord brought into his path the widow of Zarephath. And there the widow trusted Elijah, made for him a cake from the bread, uh, from the flour and the oil that she had left. And then following that, he comes into her house and they are fed that the, the the flour did not run out. The oil did not run out for all of the days that it did not rain on the earth. But then there was something that happened at the end of that stay with the widow of Zarephath. Well, the widow's son dies. But listen to the widow's response. The widow said, would that you had come into my house to bring to remembrance my sin and cause the death of my son. The widow had thought that Elijah was there to bring about the remembrance of her sin, to punish her. And the punishment for her sins of her past was what? The death of her son. That's how she viewed it. But then what does Elijah do? Elijah said, give me the boy. And then he goes upstairs to his room that he had been staying in. And he said, oh, Lord, let this child's life come into him again. And he stretches himself over the child three times. And the Lord brings back this child to life. And and he brings the child back down to the widow of Zarephath. And what does she say? She said, now I know that you are the man of God. And that the word of God in your mouth is truth. Was the sign the truth? It was a confirmation of the truth that he had preached. Every sign and miracle that Jesus did, or that the apostles did, all of these serve to confirm the word of truth. But not anywhere are we told in Scripture To go chasing after these miracles. We are told to find the word of truth. Where that word of truth is preached, there we should find our resting place. Because there we will be filled with peace. These people who had come out to hear Jesus were coming there for the signs. But Jesus there still preached to them about the kingdom of God. And we know from the scriptures what that preaching was like, right? The scriptures tell us that the preaching of the kingdom of God is like John the Baptist, right? What did John the Baptist preach? Repentance for the forgiveness of sins, right? So he gave to the people who were coming out a sermon that cut them to the heart that they heard the law. They knew their sin, And they confessed their sin, and he immediately brought them into the baptism for the remission of sins. And Jesus then confirms that in his teachings, in his preaching. He continues that preparation that John had done. Jesus now brings it to fulfillment. And then he gives that same message to send out to the world through the apostles. They were to go out preaching, repentance, repentance and the forgiveness of sins to the whole world, beginning with Jerusalem. And with them, the Lord said there would be accompanying signs and miracles. They would perform great and wonderful things. But it was so that the people would believe the message, the truth. And now we have that for us in the word of God. But it is tempting to still want from God a sign. It's tempting to say, I want God to prove his existence to me. I want to know that God is truly here and present. I want some sort of a miracle, some sort of sign. Whether we look for it in the stars or in tea leaves or on a piece of burnt toast, the world has and filled with Christians that desire from God some sort of miracle that he has not promised. They go chasing after it. But they miss the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is given in the word. Even... Our text today from the gospel shows us how easy it is for those who have even been in the presence of Christ, seen what he has done, to desire from him a kingdom that is not the kingdom he is bringing. We see that they wanted to take him by force and make him king. They wanted to seize him physically by force and set him up on the throne to rule. To continue performing signs of healing, to continue giving an abundance of food and bread and fish so that they would not go hungry. But was this the type of seizing that Jesus wanted from these people? No. That's why he removes himself from their presence, he goes away from that. But it's often times that we can be just like that. Baptized Christians can fall into this same trap. That they don't seize God with their hearts, but only outwardly. We know that there have been times, and there are still times even today, when there are Christians who have been baptized Who only wish to come to church to go through the motions. They sing the hymns. Maybe they even join us at the Lord's Supper. They consider themselves the baptized, but they don't grab hold of the Word. They don't seize the Word of God by faith, and so they find little value in it. They try to forcibly make themselves, at least outwardly, members of God's kingdom. Because they see themselves in the pew. Or they say, you know, to their friends at work or whatnot, that they are Christian. They're good people. They do good things in the world. But they have not seized God by faith. They have not seized the word of God. They're hoping for something else other than the promise. You see, what God was giving here is a confirmation that he is the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that he had come to show compassion. He tested Philip, saying, how can we feed all of these people? And Philip said, we can't, it's impossible. 200 days worth of wages couldn't feed these people even a little. That's if we could buy it. But had not Philip seen that God had come to have compassion on people? He had come not to condemn the world, but to save the world through Christ himself, the anointed one, the sin bearer of the world. He would surely provide for these people. Just as he is said to provide daily bread to all people, even to all unbelievers, to all evil people, God still provides. He is a compassionate God, a merciful God. He receives us back into his presence time after time after we have fallen yet again in sin. He still receives us back. So how could we not believe that he will also provide for all of our daily needs for this body and soul? The Lord already knew what he was going to do. And yet he tests the faith That we would believe in Christ as the messenger of truth. Who delivers his compassion to the people. And he does that through his word. You sang a hymn today and perhaps you could open your bulletins up to page 12. Jesus' priceless treasure. On verse 6... You see these, these words, hence all fear and sadness for the Lord of gladness Jesus enters in those who love the Father through the, though the storms may gather, still have peace within. yea, whatever here I hear must bear, thou art still my purest pleasure, Jesus' priceless treasure. I don 't know all of the situations that you and I are going to be made to bear in this life. I don't know all of your struggles. I don't know all of the different things that, it, that the devil is going to attack you with, that God is going to send to test your faith. I don't know those things that are going to come up. But I do know the solution for every one of them. It's not in our darkest hour or in our darkest day to call out to God and say, God, show me a sign. That's not going to help you. But there already has been those miracles confirmed in the scriptures which prove the truth that has been written down before us. The solution for every single one of those dark hours, those trials and tribulations, those struggles against sin in the flesh. The temptation to doubt God and his word will all be solved. Will all be brought to peace when you go back to the Word of God. God will make our hearts captive to the Word. God will bring us into His kingdom and make us heirs of eternity and all of the blessings that are to come. That is the promise. That is what we take hold of, that is what we seize with our hearts. By faith, we take hold of the promise. Because the promise is always there. The promise will not fail. The promise will not end. God's promise is true and certain. So be of gladness. Be the Christians who are rejoicing. Let all fear and sadness depart from you. For God has made to you the promise that his kingdom of God comes to you through his word. And he has confirmed it with the miracles that you may believe that the word is truth. And that Christ has come to save you. And anywhere that you find that word, you will find peace. You will find peace in the word preached. You will find peace where the word is attached to the waters and holy baptism. You will find peace in the word attached to the bread and the wine to deliver to you the body and blood of Jesus. You will find peace in Christ, in his word. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus Our Lord.